Friends, our gospel reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Hear these words. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, John said to them, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing, his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Friends, this is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As Pastor Jenny said, my name is Michael Schulte, and I'm the pastoral intern at the dwelling in right here in Winston-Salem, and I'm so thankful that the leadership team has invited me to come and share more about the ministries happening at the dwelling. I'm also very excited because this is my first time ever worshiping in a traditional Moravian church, and I must say the liturgy was absolutely beautiful, and all of the themes of justice and peace fit so well with the work that the dwelling does here in Winston-Salem. The dwelling, of course, is a mission development partnership between the Moravian Church Southern Province and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And we like to say that the dwelling is a place where God and God's people come to meet. And the dwelling primarily builds community with folks who have experienced homelessness or who are currently experiencing homelessness, along with intersecting identities of addiction and recovery, persistent and severe mental health challenges, and incarceration, and then reintegration back into society. And the dwelling was founded by our lead pastor, Reverend Emily Harkins Norris, in February 2020. And we, of course, know that February 2020 was a month before the once-in-a-century global pandemic. And Pastor Emily will tell you that Seminary does not really prepare one to plant a church in a global pandemic, but it's clear that the spirit was moving in Winston-Salem. After about a year of mission work, the dwelling opened its doors for its first worship service, and we had six people present, 
Three were staff, and one was a staff member's dad. So we started with two strong. And now a little over a year later, here in 2022, we have an average worship attendance of around 106 people. And our post-worship meal feeds between 120 and 150 people every single Sunday. And so the dwelling, this community of misfits and former felons, this community of addicts and outcasts has become the fastest growing church in both the Moravian Church Southern Province and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And the dwelling, though, is so much more than just our Sunday service. We've been blessed with grants which pay for a mobile shower trailer, which travels across our city, providing showers three days a week. We're able to pass out hygiene kits and t-shirts and underwear and things that our people need. We are also about a month away from launching a pay-what-you-can food truck, which will travel around the city and ensure that families in our city have access to high-quality, affordable meals. And of course, every summer, we have summer service learning experiences here in Winston where people from across the country, this summer we have a group coming from as far as Washington State, come to Winston-Salem to learn about the experience of homelessness and to learn about the American housing, affordable housing shortage, and what they can do to strive for justice and peace in their own communities. Right? The Spirit is moving here in Winston-Salem, and hundreds of people are responding to the radical Christian message that Christ's unconditional love is for all people. The Spirit's movement has compelled dozens of folks to become baptized. It's compelled even more to renew their childhood baptismal vows. It's in compelled others to enter into spaces of recovery and to transform their lives, right? The Spirit's movement has engendered faith. It's what Martin Luther calls that living, daring confidence, that a better future is possible, that one day all people will be housed and all people will eat. And in today's gospel text, we learn about John the Baptist, the prophet who is charged by God to prepare the way for the coming Christ. And Matthew notes that John is, is the prophet which Isaiah wrote about. Matthew says that John is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And if we look more specifically at this, Matthew's citation references Isaiah 40. When Isaiah 40 was written, the Israelites had been in exile in Babylon for decades, for generations, for entire lifespans. The temple had been destroyed and the people of God found themselves trapped in servitude to a foreign power who did not worship the God of Israel. And the Babylonians' victory was so decisive, the exile so long, that the Israelites were beginning to give up hope. They were beginning to doubt God's power. They were beginning to wonder if maybe the Babylonian gods were more powerful or more superior than the God of Israel. The Israelites were beginning to believe that God just may have abandoned them forever. The Israelites had no hope. 
And we can imagine that they were sick and tired of waiting on a God who allowed them to endure 70 years of suffering. That they were sick and tired of being foreigners in some sort of strange land. That they were sick and tired of suffering at the margins of society, unable to control their own destiny, unable to exercise their own agency. And then enters Isaiah, the messenger of God who declares in Isaiah 40, which the words were in the liturgy today, Isaiah says, comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hands double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And for Israel, the prophet Isaiah is a voice of hope, a voice which declares that Israel's penalty has been paid not once, but twice. The prophet Isaiah declares that God's glory will be revealed again, that God has not abandoned Israel, but that God is coming to rescue them and they will leave exile. Right? The nation will be restored. The temple will be rebuilt. The voice of Isaiah is a voice of comfort to the exiles, a voice of hope to the suffering. And like Isaiah, John the Baptist is called to be that voice of comfort and hope for the Israelite people in the first century living in the Roman Empire. Because the Jewish people again find themselves living as foreigners in a strange land. Situated within the Roman Empire, the Jewish people were religious and ethnic minorities. The power and wealth of the Roman Empire did not benefit them. They were suffering at the margins of society. And they longed for a Messiah. They longed for an ally to stand in solidarity with them in their suffering as a sign of comfort and hope. And so John the Baptist cries, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near, right? Our sovereign is coming and he brings good news of great joy. He brings hope. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with fire so that you may know that your sins are indeed forgiven so that you may know that God is still with you. And so like the prophet Isaiah, and like John the Baptist, the dwelling seeks to be a community which offers comfort and hope to folks in our city who are experiencing suffering. We seek to be a place which reveals that, that the kingdom of heaven is not only near, but that God is calling all of us to build the kingdom of heaven right here and right now. And at the dwelling, we, like John the Baptist, attempt to prepare the way of the Lord by enacting the reign of God in Winston-Salem, albeit a very feeble glimpse of the coming reign, because we, like John, are not worthy to carry Christ's sandals. 
And we enact this feeble glimpse of the coming reign of God by inviting our people to bring their brokenness and lay it all down at the foot of the cross. We invite our people to bring their trauma, to bring their criminal records, to bring their mental health challenges, to bring their homelessness, because we believe that our God is powerful enough to redeem it all. Right? We dare to believe that no matter who you are or what you have done, that God's grace is for you, that Christ grants forgiveness of sins to all people. We dare to believe that God has abandoned no one, that there is hope for all people, no matter their circumstances. We dare to believe, indeed, that there is nothing which separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And to share more about our commitment of being this voice of, of hope and comfort in our community, uh, I want to invite my good friend Gary to come forward to share a little bit about his story and how he found the dwelling and what that has meant for his life. Good morning. So Gary, can you talk a little bit about the dwelling and a little bit of just about your experience with homelessness and, and incarceration? I've been in and out of prison since 2002. Um, I got hooked up with Emily through the uh, overflow shelter back in 2015. 2016, I was put back in prison. I came out in October of 2020 got hooked up with Emily again through the shower trailer. And I was so thankful for getting a shower that I just volunteered to help uh, set up, tear down, uh, whatever I could. Eventually they started paying me every Sunday at the church to run it or help run it. And then when the person I was under, Ryan, resigned, they came to me and offered me the job to become minister of showers. And so can you talk a little bit about kind of what being asked to do that meant to you and talk a little bit about what this second chance really meant to you? What it really meant to me was that it gave me a second chance to feel good about myself. They didn't even look at my past history. They said, hey, look, we need your help. We're willing to pay you. And for someone out of prison, that's all we're looking for is a second chance. And that's what the dwellings is doing for me. And they're giving me more self-respect for myself because when you're here, a person's homeless, you automatically got a stigma that they're useless and we're not. We just need that hand up. And that's all I've asked and that's all they've given me. And can you talk a little bit about, so when you come into church on Sunday, just kind of how that feels and... Oh, that, oh man, it feels like I'm at home. I feel like it's family. And like Michael says, they don't care your past. They don't care what your problems are. They want you there. They want to help you. Um, they just support you in every which way they can. Um... The food there is fantastic because we got one of the best cooks there. <laughs> and it's just, it feels like home. Uh, th th there's no way else to describe it. I mean, you feel like you belong. 
So Gary's just a great example of one story of uh, within hundreds of people in our city who've been transformed by the dwelling. And we just want to thank Gary for having the courage. It takes a lot of courage to come up and share your story to strangers. If we could give him a round of applause, just thank him for sharing his story. And I, I hope that Gary's story reminds us that, that Christ's unconditional love, that that message can indeed transform people's lives, and not just like hypothetical people, but real people in our communities. And I hope that it reminds us of the, of the power of second chances, and that reminds us that the church at its best, right, at our best, we have the opportunity to be that image of the risen Christ to neighbors and strangers in our community, and we have the ability to, to prepare the way for the second coming of Christ. And so for the dwelling to continue to impact folks like Gary and hundreds of others, we need congregations like Home Moravian. We need people like you. We can't do it alone. We need people who are so convicted by the love of Christ that they're willing to be partners in the gospel with us. And so we are so thankful for the ways that, that Home Church already partners with us, but I want to also talk about ways that we can continue to partner. There are two huge needs that we have at the dwelling on a year-round basis. The first is our shower ministry. Right? We provide showers, like I said, three times a week, and, and next year we're hoping to expand to make that five times a week. And it costs around $200 a day to run that shower trailer. And we're always in need of new t-shirts, new socks, new underwear, and other hygiene products to give our people. And so your church can always sponsor a day of shower ministry, or you can pack uh, hygiene kits and deliver them to the dwelling. Another way to support our church is by sponsoring one of our Sunday meals, Right, we feed around 120 to 150 people every Sunday, and it, it, it costs a lot of money to do that because we want to provide high-quality food that you would get at, at a home-cooked meal, right? And so we love it when churches sponsor that meal, but we love it even more when churches, especially here in Winston, come to our church on Sunday mornings, a small group, and prepare the meal and then serve the meal and just come and see what God is doing in our community, and so I hope that you will be partners with us so that you can see how the Spirit is moving here in Winston-Salem through the ministries happening at the dwelling. And so, friends, our gospel reading today says the kingdom of heaven has come near. And at the dwelling, real people are finding housing. Real people are recovering from their addictions and real people are finding a supportive community where they can be who God has called them to be. And real people are learning, and I think this is the most important thing, real people are learning for the very first time for some of them, that God declares them worthy, that God's love and God's grace is for them too. We have seen people who come just for the free meal, be transformed by the bread and wine at communion, we have seen murderers and registered sex offenders come and confess their sins and repent and pray together. We have seen people convicted of hate crimes serve in church leadership with people of color. I'm not going to lie, the work of the dwelling is it's strange work. It's work which challenges our church's commitment to embrace all people. 
It's work which dares us to believe that Jesus died for all people, including you. It's work which reminds us that even though we fall short of God's glory, that Christ sits with us in our confessions and welcomes us back into the loving arms of God every single time, no questions asked. It's work that reminds us that our sins have been paid not once, but twice, that they have been paid in full, and that one day every valley shall be lifted up, and that every hill and mountain, every obstacle which stands in our way will be made low. It is work which reveals the glory of the Lord in our city, work which reminds us that Christ will come again to reign in justice and power, so that one day suffering and hopelessness will be no more. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And as we wait in this season of Advent for the coming Christ, I hope that you will be so convicted by the love of God that you will support the strange and incredible things happening at the dwelling. I hope that you will be our partners in the gospel I hope that your work will help us to enact the reign of God in Winston-Salem and beyond by eradicating hunger and homelessness. The kingdom of heaven is near. And you, in the fullness of who you are, are invited to take part in God's heavenly reign. Come and see. Come and see the powerful work that God is doing in our city. Come and see, come and be a part of the kingdom of heaven right here in Winston-Salem. We worship a great God. Alleluia and amen.